Everybody, welcome Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the good bourbon, smoke the exquisite uh, cigars. Tony Katz, hey, how are you? Along with Fingers Malloy, radio host and podcaster, and April D. Gregory, a social media maven. Uh, so much to get to, but as always, we start with the drink. That is what we do, and the drink today is special. Okay, so we're, we're doing bourbon. Now, the, the rules on bourbon, they don't change. 51% corn has to be done in an a, uh, American uh, oak barrel. Uh, there are rules about a uh, percentage of proof uh, going into the barrel and then, of course, going in uh, to the bottle, and it cannot be cut. You can only cut with water to reduce proof. That is it. You cannot change and do anything to the flavor to keep it as bourbon. However, today... Fantastic! So we do this uh, very often. Blend Bar Cigar, one of our our, our our great sponsors. They've got four locations across the country. They're they're here in Indianapolis. They're in Nashville. They're in Houston, and they are in uh, where, where else? Is they're they're in Pittsburgh. They're in Pittsburgh. I always forget that they are in in Pittsburgh right there. So uh, they're a little bit of everywhere. And they went down to the good people in Maker's Mark, and they bought their own barrel. Ooh. Nice. So you go and you buy your own barrel, and so now you've got a barrel of whiskey. And then what you do is you create to it a flavor profile of your own. Now, I didn't I, this is this is cool as can be. So they've got 18 cases of this right now. So what they've got, oh, I'm hearing static, man. Is that is that on my end? I think that's just from me. So what they've got is is they have the, these, these staves of wood that get put into the bourbon barrel, and then it ages another eight months, and these flavors come out of the wood because that's what happens. I mean, the flavor that you're getting in, in bourbon and a lot of whiskeys, it's coming out of the wood. That's how it works. Uh, so they've got two uh, baked American pure uh, staves in there. They've got a seared French cuvee in there. They've got a Maker's 46, a couple of Maker's 46 from that whole batch, a toasted French spice, and a roasted French mocha. Series hint. Serious hints of French mocha in there. So we are, I've never had it before. They literally just came out with this a day and a half ago. Um, and, and you know, you're going to look for this. They're only at, at, at Blend Bar Cigar on this one. But I, we ha- we're, gonna, we're doing it neat. And then we, we, we got ourselves a big cube just in case we want to try it the other way. And just on, just on the nose. Oh, that's nice. Hold on a second. You know how often we've talked about uh, they say raisin and I don't smell raisin? I smell raisin. That's what I smell. That is... Yep. I can see the raisin. That is it right there. I've never had French mocha before, so I don't know what... So I'm wondering if there's going to be some kind of chocolate hint, some kind of chocolate feel. I don't yet smell it. Hold on a second. I want to I freshen up the palate. Somebody get me a sorbet and some Coke. A cola. Oh, no, that's not what I meant. I just figured <laughs> that would just open up the sinuses. <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. All right, we trying this? Yeah, we doing this? Yeah. All right, I'm going to see what happens to them. They're, they're taking their first uh, sips as we do this. Okay, come on, April. There you go. Oh, You're doing the Kentucky Chew, aren't you, April Gregory? That's you, a holiday bourbon. Is that what that is? Yes, it is. So what, what, do you, what makes it holiday to you? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know if I drink. April? <laughs> If I drink a lot of this, I'll Ooh. feel like I need the next day off. Ah, is that it? Hold on. Yeah. Let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me go to this right here. Hold on Wow, yeah. It tastes like autumn. It tastes like fall. I, I, I don't know how to accurately describe that okay. feeling, that taste. But Okay. I want to try it on the cube. Ooh. That has intensity for sure. It is intense. Um, 
Okay, but interestingly enough, it does have the fla- has some of the flavors that I can I can remember from, for example, um, when we n- not the Long Branch, um, but some of those the, the smooth finishes. It I think it hits harder. It hits harder than, than than some other ones, um, but it it's it finishes. That's great. Right it, now, that's terrific. Yeah, it's good right now. It was a little it was a little painful going down for oh. me anyway. Oh, you think so? Because I thought, like you said, it hits hard, but it doesn't burn going down. It it it, it definitely punches right in you in the, the palate, yeah. but there's no burn going down. But I think some people like that. Like I think that there's this idea that that, that like for bourbon or for 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 scotch, it should somehow give you that. That that's part of the of the fun or the interesting, and it's not what happens at the first. It's what it's what develops kind of out of it which is it why it's developing right here right now I'm sorry me. where is it developing it, right here it is developing <laughs> I can she feel grabs it. at her chest I can feel it right here pulls here. her shirt wide I mean actually happening it's like a Cinderella if you go to, concert if you go to facebook.com slash eat drink smoke you'll see it uh, as we as we do right live stream here. the podcast but I, I do I think that part of I think part of the reason people don't like these kinds of of, of spirits is that they don't allow for that that development to take place they don't allow for, like, the whole thing to kind of open up and what that experience is like. And I feel that they do that about a cigar as well. They don't allow it to smoke through and to really toast the palate, which is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to toast the palate. You're not inhaling. It's not a cigarette. It's not supposed to be quick. It's supposed to be uh, a, a concentration in the art that it took to make that, like the art it took to make the bourbon, and when it opens up, it really is a, a very, very different thing. Well, look, I don't pretend to be a professional reviewer of bourbon. Wait, hold on. That's no. exactly what you do. That's yeah. exactly what we're, I don't pretend, we're doing. No, I'm, I'm coming at this as a, a novice who, who just happens to really like bourbon. My, my two uh, ratings are, yeah, I'd drink that. Eh, I wouldn't drink that. And when you start you know, breaking down the complexities of the flavor, that's where you, you know, I'm, I'm just not very good at, 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 at doing that. But what I'll say about this is this kind of reminds me of the, the similarity of a cognac where you, you, you kind of, you, 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 you like spin it around a little bit. You, you take it in. There, there's just, it feels like there is a few layers of flavoring to this. Now, that's true. There is definitely a few layers of flavoring to this. I mean, and the second sip was better. I will say that less uh, painful. All right, I, and I'm with you. Uh, this is this is an on the rock. Yes. Yeah. This yeah. is an on, on the, the rock. rock. Now this is one large cube, and the purpose of a large cube is that it's going to melt slower, right? I think you could get away with just maybe a, a, like like a nice chip or two. I think that it doesn't need to be cold. It just needs a touch of a chill. To kind of take it off, and and they're going to be purists who disagree with me, mm-hmm. or or maybe I, I've hit it dead on. I don't know, but like, it's it, just a, a touch to the cool opens it up for me. Opens it up a touch, it makes it a little bit easier, and the the flavors there, but not vanilla like we've seen on some of the other bourbons. Maybe at a all. splash of cold water in it instead of a cube. No, you can't do. I that. I don't know if I want to dilute. Right, the ice but, is going to dilute that but, slowly. But people, people will say, "I want a, a little bit of water." But I don't ever hear it with bourbon. Well, I hear it with the scotch. Is scotch that and water. You don't do that, right? No, that's that's when you're making the bourbon. To make the bourbon, oh. you can only add water to to uh, lessen the proof. That's it, oh, right? Not I when thought. not when you are drinking it, April Gregory. When you're drinking it, you do whatever you want. You bathe in it. You can slather in it if it makes you happy. I'm not judging. I'm a little bit judging. Are you watching though? Wow. <laughs> Well, we wow. all saw you ripping your shirt off as you were drinking it. Wow, um, that's uh, that's awkward. 
Not anymore. That's that much true. Uh, can we talk about eating out for Thanksgiving? Uh, let's get into the show uh, right here. By the way, don't forget to get the podcast. And, and this whole thing is a podcast. There's much more to the show than what you see if you're watching it uh, on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke. Uh, iTunes, get the podcast, eat, drink, smoke. Stitcher, get the podcast, eat, drink, smoke. Go to your mom, get the podcast, eat, drink, smoke. Whatever, whatever, whatever it is you got to do. I've been asking this question about going out to eat for Thanksgiving because it is Thanksgiving week and and very happy Thanksgiving. And by the way, you all have places to go. I don't have to have you at my house like like wayward children. Waffle House. Really? No. Nice. No, you're more than welcome, April. Oh, okay. You're more than welcome. The, the food's going to be you. nuts. You know? Okay. Bring, bring them all. You're abs- not, without, without question. All right. But, but don't show up empty-handed. That's just rude. Oh, um, so there mine. are people who go out to eat for Thanksgiving. And it was a serious conversation because we didn't know we were going to have people over at first. And the next thing you know, we have all the people coming over. Um, but people go out to eat for Thanksgiving, and I always wonder whether or not that's acceptable. You know, it's like Christmas, I understand. You know, Christmas story, and they go to the Chinese restaurant. I'm Jewish. Going to a Chinese restaurant on Christmas is what we do. There's a movie, and then there's Chinese food. It's what happens. No question about it. But, like, when you take a look at the places that are open for Thanksgiving, Ruth's Chris is open for Thanksgiving. And I think they do a fine steak, by the way. Three-course traditional Thanksgiving dinner is 40 bucks for adults, $13 uh, for, for kids, right? Um... Chart House, which is a seafood place, they are open as well. Smith & Walensky, one of the great steakhouses oh, wow. uh, in, in all of, of America, they will be open. The feast is $55 for adults, $25 for a child. Also, Ted Mon- Ted's Montana Grill, which is the Ted Turner, the guy who started CNN, who's crazy uh, as a loon. The food's good, though. Del Frisco's is open, um, but they're not all, all across the country. McCormick and Schmick's will be open. There's many more of those mm-hmm. that you can go to. Then, of course, you can have a fine meal at Starbucks. A cake pop and a right? PSL. Right. What's a PSL? Pumpkin spice latte? What kind of basic white girl are you? I was going to say, we aren't white women. Aren't totally unbasic. It, tur- <laughs> it turns out right there. PSL. Is that what it's called? Pumpkin spice latte? Yeah. Is that what they call it? PSL. Yes. Can, do we have to J-Lo everything in the damn world? Yes. Stop like, it. OMG. I went to Starbucks and got a PSL, and then I went to the GTL at the Gym Tan Laundry, and then... What is this? <laughs> All of a sudden, it's Jersey Shore. <laughs> I don't... I don't GTL, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I get a spray tan, obviously, because I'm a basic white girl. What is basic white girl? Where does that come from? Um, it just Starbucks. comes from. It kind of started <laughs> about the menu? ten. Years I know the ago. flat white at Starbucks, but where does it come from? It started about ten years ago when the Uggs and the North Face was kind of a thing. All the girls would walk around with their jeans tucked in under their Uggs, they get the North Face fleece on, our pumpkin spice latte in our hands. Our like you've embraced this. The, yeah. This is this is who I am. Yeah, I am basic white girl. That's not that's not bigoted. That's not racist. Like in any way, it's not like. Like condescending and disgusting and altogether rude? Or you're like, yeah, I'm basic white girl. No, it's just kind of Sup. funny, ironic at this point. I mean, right? you know, I don't always dress like a basic white girl. You know, I get fancy too, but. Oh, do you now? You know, day to day, I'm casual, basic white girl. Is that. Fingers, uh, have, you ever, have you ever been called a basic white girl? Well, back in college, but I needed the money. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, see what he did there? We can yeah. also refer to it as basic bitch. 
No, I know what bitch resting resting bitch faces. Right. Resting bitch faces. That's totally real, different. by the way. Yeah, that's real. And sometimes I will take a look at video of myself. I'm like, why am I so angry? I'm not angry. I don't know why I I look that way. But yet mm-hmm. somehow it's like the scowl. What what is wrong with me? What? Are, I'm not bothered by anything. My life is joyous. But anyway, uh, Perkins is open for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Can, well, you know, no, you Marie calendars do for not the go pie. Perkins. Well, you brought up, is it okay to go out? Yeah, for that's Thanksgiving? my question. Because uh, there's like oh, this weird mix of places. That that are that are open. Flemings is open. Buca de Beppo is open, and Marie Calendars is open. Well, Cap Grill. I, mm-hmm. I, I, do you do you factor in? Uh, look, I think it would be a really nice tradition to take your family out every year to go to a place like Ruth's Chris. The or, Chili's is open. It's your favorite well, restaurant. That's good, not true. Good food at affordable prices. Oh, it says close. Wait, sorry. do you go? To, do you eat at Chili's? Sure. No, you don't. Absolutely. You take he the family to Chili's. in the Chili's. suburbs. That's like what they we have out there. We all live in the suburbs. I don't live in the suburbs. Oh, well, la di da. No, it's white girl my ass. No, it's rare that I take the family to Chili's. I I go into the the bar and I order myself a, a skillet queso and I eat it all by myself because I have problems. Uh, <laughs> but I'll eat the whole skillet queso by myself. I have a couple drinks. A $15 tab. I'm out the door. Is but, that right? Yeah. But if you look at the economic uh, comparison of going out, which I think would be a nice tradition every year to take your family to a really nice restaurant. You all get dressed up. It's the holidays. But uh, And this is according to, Tony, the American Farm Bureau Federation. Oh, they know everything. Yeah. Uh, the average meal for 10 plus leftovers on Thanksgiving will cost the American family, for, on average, $48.90. Down 22 cents from last year. Thanks, Trump. Um, <laughs> Wait. An entire meal for 10 people on Thanksgiving? Only with $48? Leftovers. $40. That's not true. You can't even get a turkey for that price. Of course you can. What, 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 what fancy turkeys the are you turkey getting? The turkey is like 20-some dollars. Where do you shop? What? Where do you shop? I shop at the place that sells the turkeys. A big, cold, frozen turkey is a lot of money. You are so wrong, you don't even know yes. what you're saying. You don't even know what you're saying. How much do you think a turkey... It's not $5. What? It's 20-some... Do- no, you, it's are not you, 20. First of all... Wait, how big of a turkey? Both Hold of you on. are men. Do you Hold even on. go grocery shopping for the turkey? I need to know this. Honestly, yes. you are this close to having a throwdown. <laughs> oh, my God. How stereotypical nonsense. Secondly, of course I don't shop. I'm a man. Third of all... <laughs> How much do you think a turkey is? How big of a turkey are you talking about? What nuclear turkey are you buying... <laughs> You can get a turkey for less $20. than twenty dollars, and then on top I'm of googling it, I'm googling this. I need where's who's commenting? I need the backup no, from the women. Go, Where no, are the women? Crazy. You can get a turkey for less than twenty bucks, and then it's not like Thanksgiving sides are all that expensive. Cranberry sauce, stuffing, mashed potatoes. I mean, it, they're they're admittedly not, it is massive peasant food. Yeah, it is it is low cost, high yield deliciousness. Except I don't think you should make a turkey. Forty-eight dollars. I don't think oh you should make God. a turkey. I think turkey is the single most ridiculous food of all time. Oh, turkey! And I think people who make a turkey are just wasting their time. We smoke a turkey. We smoke a turkey every year, and it's fantastic. Okay, if you're gonna do the fried, if you're gonna do the smoke, garbage can, which is actually oh, rather yeah. good. Uh, garbage can uh, turkey, you know, things like that. All right, I'll, I'll give it to you. But if your plan is to say, ooh, I have, I've got salt and pepper and the oven, my special brine mix, don't no. sell me on your brine. Although although we are trying a brine turkey this year. <laughs> we, are, we are doing because we because we're having other people, so we're doing one because maybe they're just, you know, a basic white girl. Basically, bas- turkey is the basic white girl of Thanksgiving. Do I have that right? Do I have that accurate there? Oh, I A 16-pound turkey, according to your same statistic, or same American Farm Bureau, blah, 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 
The turkey costs twenty two dollars. You're out okay. of your mind even, and skull even and if, face. Even if the bird is twenty two dollars, like I said, how much does it cost to make stuffing? How much does it cost does it make uh, uh, cranberry sauce? Well, are you doing I, the, the it's forty eight bucks? Are you doing the throw it in the microwave thing? Or are you making it homemade? Oh yeah. Oh, if I forgot buying, homemade stuffing. It costs you at least forty dollars right there. I am not even going to take this from two men who are for sure not even cooking Thanksgiving. You might cook the wow. turkey. But I'm not even wow. taking this. I'm not doing this. Wow. If you, wow. by the time you buy, uh, just for the mashed potatoes, wow. you gotta buy a whole ton of potatoes. You gotta oh, buy. Oh wow! I, yeah, I find butter, this my potatoes you gotta buy over milk. thirty years. Are you kidding me? A bag of potatoes is like two bucks. Are you kidding? This is so. I can't even believe this is truly happening right now. That, that, if you're making this stuff, and you gotta buy all the bread. You gotta buy- <laughs> oh yeah, the bread. Wow. <laughs> Again, that's a two dollar loaf. Nobody's of bread. cooking a Thanksgiving dinner for fifty dollars. Just throwing that out there. If you're making a pies, pies are going to cost ten bucks a piece and it each. And said the average pies are going to cost ten bucks a piece each. <laughs> what the hell? What what kind of pie? What kind of pie are you making? Are you making a real pie? Ten- you're not making any pies. I'm not listening to either of you. Heroin pie? What are you making? I'm not listening. to Honestly, guys. are you making heroin pie? I don't believe any of you. <laughs> are you making heroin pie? You, you, you sh- this is you a should- horrible statistic. You shouldn't make heroin pie. I, you know what? I, I, you can attack me all you want to, but I will not sit here and watch you attack the American Farm Bureau Federation, right. April D. Gregory. These are fine people. <laughs> can I move on with the podcast? You guys- <laughs> so it's, but it's, is it okay to go out for Thanksgiving? Like, yes. Is that all right? Or is, or is that copping out? That's my question. Like, is it, is it, is it cheap? Like, okay. or, do we do, or do we do these holidays just because it's rote and we got to maybe have reasons to do them? And are we just racist for doing it because we're, it's really an attack on the indigenous peoples? Well, yes. That's what I've been getting all this week. Um, no. So it's okay. Do whatever you want. Whatever you want your family tradition to be, do that. Now, you were talking about this week, and as people know, I am on your Facebook page kind of managing things. And a lot, yes. of, people, a lot of people were commenting on your Facebook saying... No, it's not fair for people to have to work on Thanksgiving, so nobody should go out to eat, so these restaurants can be closed, Ugh. and um, that way people wait, can be home with their families. Uh, I, I miss that. Yeah. I, mean, I will admit, that. it's been a very, very busy week, yeah. a lot of growth going on with the radio shows and with the podcasts, so I've been, it's been meeting after meeting. So, um, Are you telling me that there are people out there who think that it's wrong for people who want to work to work yes. and make outrageous money because people right. tip better right. on holidays. Right. So the store should be, the restaurant should be closed so they can't make any money. Yes, that's what people were saying. Uh, it's gross. Um, Honestly, we're all doomed. Yeah. We're all <laughs> stupid doomed. Listen, if Macy's decides to be open on Thanksgiving at 5 p.m., that's a business decision and they either help, are helped by it or they're hurt by it. You've seen the list. An un- amazing amount of places have decided not to open for Thanksgiving because right. they think it's better marketing. And people are like, you know what? I appreciate that. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other, and you make the decision that's best for you right. without question. But a re- restaurants are a different beast. From all the things. They don't work at the standard rhythms. Your restaurant is 24-7, 365. The only business where there are no sick days at all is the restaurant business. Can I tell you the worst day to work in service as far as I'm concerned? Groundhog Day? It's Arbor like, Day? It's like you're reading my mind. Tishbub. I've worked Christmas Eve, Christmas Boxing day, day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, 4th of July, Memorial Day, Labor Day. The worst day to work is in a bar the day before Thanksgiving. Yes, I've done that. Or New Year's Bartending. Eve. Really? Those yeah. two those two days right there are horrendous to but work. But they're good because you get you slammed, make you make a lot of money, you get slammed, the night goes by fast, it's fun. 
And that's the thing with working in restaurants. Wait, you just said it's fun. He said it's horrendous. Which one is it? There's a horrendous amount of people. I think it's fun. No, he thinks it's horrendous. Listen, listen. Uh, me bartending versus her bartending, ba- she's going to have more fun than <laughs> wow. I am. Wow. And plus, where I was bartending, it was my old school. like Two basic white girls ta- bartending, and it's not, a, it's right, not the right. same? Uh, so the other thing about these fast or these restaurants, the workers, you know, I did work at an Applebee's once <laughs> and uh, for a couple years, <laughs> like part-time. And <laughs> they, hey, they have the best margaritas. Perfect margarita. Oh, my gosh. So good. Oh, um, my God. Insane. Their margaritas are so good. Anyway. You the are. management took volunteers. Who I wants know what to work? Girl means. So that's how you know they say. Who do you want? Who wants right. to work? So you get to volunteer. Now, the other side of that is, a you get to choose if you want to work, and then they find there's not enough. Then they start saying, okay, you didn't work last year, so you had, well. So the other thing is, not everybody has a family. Not everybody's going to have a and Thanksgiving at. dinner at home, and they want to work and they want to make money and they want to be spending time doing something around people on Thanksgiving because not everybody can go to where their family is or has a family or whatever. So yeah. if you want to work, work. The very idea, the very the very concept that, that somehow people think it's wrong that these people have to work on things, that is that is really daft. That is unbelievably myopic. That is do-goodery. And you know I despise do-goodery. That's pretending to do good as opposed to actually doing good, which is if the business wants to be open, people want to work, let them. It's why all of these, for example, rules about how you can't smoke in bars are nonsense because, well, the employee takes in the secondhand smoke. Go get a job at Dairy Queen. No one smokes at Dairy Queen. They're eating ice cream. Go to a Carvel and get the cookie puss. Whatever it is that makes you happy. <laughs> By the way, what was the over-under on cookie puss on this podcast? <laughs> right there. Go see your bookie for your winnings. It's the truth. Stop being the silent partner for people. I don't want government doing it. I sure as hell don't want some kind of mm-hmm. nonsense uh, pressure happening about how it's wrong to force people to work. Some people want to. I believe in giving them those choices and opportunities, and not everybody's going to want to. And restaurants that open have to figure out how they're going to do their staffing and everything else. And if mm-hmm. people don't like it, they can get another job. If some people like it, they can go take that job. Uh, so I have no issue with them being open. I will admit, for reasons that are not sane, I have an issue with going out to eat on Thanksgiving. You do? I do. And it doesn't make me right. In no way am I right. I'm right, I, I, and I'm not even necessarily right for me. It's your truth. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I am going to have a... <laughs> you're gonna Happy kick, holidays. You're going to kick me out today. Honestly, <laughs> I started not knowing what basic white girl was, and now I'm going to put you on a poster. That's how it's going down. Fingers Malloy, April D. Gregory, Tony Katz. Uh, eat a drink, smoke. <laughs> Eat, drink, smoke, Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy, April D. Gregory, or uh, April D. Gregory, Fingers Malloy, Tony Katz. Good to be with you. The podcast, by the way, you can get on iTunes. Uh, go and subscribe and leave a review. Five stars is, is what you do. Eat, drink, smoke. And at, at the very end of November, we're going to take everybody who's left a review, put them into a, a, a hat, pick a name, and then we're going to send them some of our favorite stuff. Some, I, I, and by the way, I have been checking. I don't know what the rules are about sending somebody bourbon. I don't even know if we're allowed to send somebody. I don't think we are. Bourbon. We can, um, depending on who it is, we can leave at the front desk of the station, and they can pick it up at the station. Well, that's if they live in Indianapolis. Where are they living? Like Cleveland or, or, or California? Or I mean, you can. We take, have people listening in Thailand. You can take bourbon on an airplane. You can't put it in the mail. No, you're not supposed to. Put I it don't know. I don't think that's allowed. The cigars, I think I can send, but I don't think I can send the bourbon. So we're gonna. We will fig- we'll we'll figure, figure it all it out. out. We'll figure it all out. We're gonna get it to the people. Just 
go and subscribe and subscribe and then and then uh, and then five star review and then leave a review and the whole thing. So five stars, leave a review, subscribe. It's just that easy on yes. iTunes. Eat, drink, smoke. We're on Stitcher as well. Uh, if you're not in the iTunes world. The bourbon, which is the maker's mark, this is the private select made by Blend Bar Cigar, where we do the podcast very often, uh, growing on me nicely. Yes. But as I predicted, the cube is too much. I want to take the cube out, and I'm good where it is. So I want to go. I want to try it next time. Ice chips and just a few. Oh. I want to get a bit of. I want to get a bit of a chill, or just a smaller mm. cube, maybe. See. But it's, it's still, I think, too much. I want to limit the amount. Of, I want the cold. I want to limit the oh, amount of water. Okay. So it's not even that I want a cube of any kind. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, this is a, they do uh, cubes here as actual cubes, not the sphere. I think six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah, it's, it's a very large rock so you, uh, that they do. Yeah, so what you do is you go with this bottle to a local maternity ward and get yourself some ice chips. <laughs> maternity ward is right where you went to? <laughs> Well, that's where the ice chips are very common. Yeah, once, once a fetish, always a fetish. Am I right or am I right? Just, just that easy. Speaking of things medical, there nice is segue. a realtor well done. in Dallas. You like that? Yes. You like that segue? Very nice. Here all week. Enjoy the veal. Um, her name is Laura Avila. She's 36. She went to Mexico to get a nose job. I don't know why she would do such a thing. While she's there and has uh, uh, the, the nose job, things go bad, which I know you're shocked. Things went bad by getting a nose job in Mexico. Bad to the point where she's now in hospice. She's going to die from this and from the infections that have get, gone on. The anesthesia went, instead of down her body, went to the brain. So it's been a coma. It's cardiac arrest. She was placed into a medically induced uh, coma. Um, she was moved to hospice. The family has raised $77,000 of a $150,000 goal for the uninsured woman. Now, I'm not even going to get into the money conversation because I, I don't want this to happen to her. She's got a family. I f- certainly, I wish them nothing but the best. I hope she comes through this. I'm not giving her a dime. <laughs> I'm not. She went to Mexico for a nose job. Now, you might think that this is hysterical. You may have never heard of medical tourism. I have known about medical tourism for years because dentists and dentistry happens in this case. Dentistry is so expensive. If you need, like, like not just a cavity, but if you need crowns, bridge work, those kinds of things, especially if you're older, man, you don't take care of your teeth. You're so screwed. You are so screwed. The only thing my parent, my father is almost 81 and my mother is 72. And the only thing they've ever said to me about health is, wish we had taken better care of our teeth. Wish we had instilled in you taking care of, of, of your teeth uh, better. And, and, and I floss, you know, the dance and the teeth. Well, and uh, I do it all. Now we're seeing correlations between health problems and teeth. There's a connection now we're seeing. My father, this is a true story. This, he was living in California at the time. He... Uh, was going to get um, uh, some some imp- some posts put in so he could put in a dentures, right? And so it, there's a connection between gums and gum disease and heart disease, right? He goes, they had given him a course of antibiotics, but they didn't give him what he needed. He got an infection. My father was in a rehab center for basically six months. Oh, wow. There was a month. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know his name. He almost died. It was brutal. And physically, he's never been the same. It's so 
wow. wiped him. He has physically never been the same. He has had heart surgery since then. Uh, some other things. I mean, he's 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 almost eighty one. He's still working, and he does it to spite me. Uh, but it's just <laughs> just the same. Like it it is. There, this connection is real, and and man, people don't know it at all. But medical tourism, people travel places to have procedures done at a, at a lesser cost. Now, if you told me you went to Costa Rica, or you went to Panama. Which Panama is the up-and-comer, right? That's where you're going to see more and more American expats going to. Um, Costa Rica, that was the case maybe a decade-plus ago uh, by now. Uh, Roytan uh, as well. Um, maybe I could, I could buy it. Mexico? You're out of your skull and your mind and your face. I mean, people don't even want a vacation in Mexico anymore. <laughs> who was the, wasn't there just some guy who got killed by a, by a drug lord in Mexico? He was, he was lost in a... In a remote part of Mexico. Don't go to remote parts of Mexico. And this is the, a public service announcement from Tony Katz and Eat, Drink, Smoke. And he was there to get an eye lift. Uh, <laughs> oh, come no, on. No, no, I, look, I, I'm going to sound really callous here, but I really don't care. You, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I feel bad for her family. But uh, to go down to get a Tijuana nose job, uh, if, if you can't afford to get one in, in the United States from a reputable plastic surgeon you think you're going to cut corners by going to you know uh uh, getting a a group on south of the border you got to be prepared for something like this to happen i I, you know you're not callous and i think it's important people know that i don't think you're wrong i never wanted otto warm beer to be tortured in north korea why in the world did you go to north korea right that question is not a lot it's it's not wrong victim shaming no is this victim shaming he never should have gone. That he actually tried to no, steal I something. No, I agree with you. Holy cow! But this is never mind. No, that's not victim shaming. <laughs> people would say that. Shaming. The people that would support him would say that, though. There, so, uh, I, he didn't deserve anything that happened to him. He didn't deserve a single bit of the torture that happened. And then there's a question of whether it was torture. I'll, I'll let I'll let other people dig into conspiracy theories. Kim Jong Un is evil. North Korea is evil. Anybody you trust them, including President Trump, is out of his fakakta mind. It's it's no one should trust North Korea and they can't be trusted whatsoever. It's going to take a military intervention to put an end to this uh, decades of regime. Just putting it out there. But no, the, the Otto Warmbier never should have been there. Whatever happened to the idea of you put yourself in the situation? Don't put yourself in the situation. I mean, how many times do we hear stories about someone going mountain climbing near the the Iran border and then surprised right. when they're they're taken by the regime and used as a, a political tool? No, but but seriously, when I want to hear about the, the the medical tourism stuff, I remember going back in the '80s watching. Uh, stuff like 60 Minutes where people were flying over to the Philippines to try to get cancer treatment and it would be some guy pretending to reach into their body and ripping the tumor out without making an incision. Medical tourism, you I don't want to say the government should step in and, and stop these people from doing it, but you've got to know when you're going to somewhere like Mexico or the, you know, the Philippines, there are risks involved. And you, you shouldn't, when you're, you're talking about your life, you know, people people die from hip transplants, they, uh, knee transplants. It's not unheard of, and like you said with your dad, yeah, going to dental, you know, uh, pro- uh, procedure and almost you, you crazy. Just, it was crazy. Well, and the the price, the average price of a nose job in the United States is seventy five hundred dollars. Uh, that's not that much compared to. 
I, I don't, what was it, $50 in Mexico? Like, what? <laughs> First of all, $7,500 is a very reasonable price to pay for a nose job. It's a very extensive procedure. They have to literally break your nose with a mallet and hammer. You're not getting a nose job for $7,500 in the United States. You're more likely to get a turkey dinner for $4,880 in the United States than you are. $7,500. The article says it was $7,500, so I'm going to believe them just like you believe Wait, the Farm how much Bureau. How is a nose job normally in the, in the U.S.? Apparently, seventy five hundred is the average. Okay, so how much was it in Mexico? I don't know. I didn't say. All right. Well, uh, they didn't want a victim shamer, so they didn't tell the price of oh, thirty nine ninety five. Tony. I mean, how it's, much was she really saving? It's not worth it to save four thousand dollars. No, it's get not it done. worth it. It's totally not worth it. Yet, yet I, here we are. Can, can I say one more thing? And you know, not to uh, objectify the victim. But she's a beautiful young lady. I don't know why she's even going to do this to begin with. You're not. You're not wrong, by the way. The pictures of her, she was very attractive. She had a smoking hot body. I I never Um, saw the picture. What was that again, April? She had a smoking hot body. Okay. And um, and the article mentioned her quote supportive boyfriends, who uh, who who had a man bun. I had a man bun right now. And they had been been together for ten years, and he hadn't put a ring on it yet. So. I'm not sure of how supportive he was, if he was okay with her going to Mexico. Well, that's the other thing, too. I mean, look, boyfriend versus spouse. But if you've got a family, if you're, if you're dating someone for 10 years or if you're married to someone and, and they say, come up to you and say, hey, honey, um, I'm going to go get a uh, procedure done in Mexico. You're, you're, you're saying, uh, no. I would. I'd be saying no. Of course I would. No, no, that's not necessary. Whatever you think of your nose, it's better than a procedure in Mexico. Which is the whole point. I mean, there's a, there is an interesting part, too, to this conversation. Exactly how people are pushing for their own ideal of what's attractive, right? And what matters and what, and what works. And, and I'm not somebody who's opposed to plastic surgery. I am pro-plastic surgery in every single way. I don't think people should live unhappy if they, can, if they want to physically and surgically do something about it and the science is there. And there are, there are especially uh, people who have real issues, not just the, the superficial ones, mm-hmm. uh, where the plastic surgery turns them into people again. So I'm totally in, in favor. But someone needs to look at her and say, you're out of your mind. Yeah. You're just out of your skull here. There is no value in this. And the only thing that can happen is you can end up dead. Did anybody? I mean, maybe someone did say that to her. But if she doesn't want to listen, it is on her, which is why I'm not giving to the GoFundMe. And I'm not even opposed to the idea of, of medical tourism in that I'm not opposed if you want to go somewhere. No, it's you your know, choice. Canadians come to the United States all, all the, time. the time for procedures because they don't want to wait in line. Yeah. So it happens. But dear Lord, you're coming to the United States. You know that for the most part, every now and then the wrong leg gets cut off. And every now and then something crazy happens. A little gauze kip gets left in your body. Right? Yeah, it's gauze. It'll decompose eventually but, over the decades. But you're, you're mentioning Canada versus, you know... The Mexico. Mexico. I mean, uh, mention a third world country and say, "Oh, hey, uh, listen, but I'm Mex- going to Mexico's. I'm going to get. Is Mexico considered developed, or is Mexico considered second world, developing? I don't know. I'm curious. Let's Google this. All I don't I want my is... car worked on in Mexico, no. let alone going and having some sort of surgical them... procedure. Gosh, I mean, I've been to Mexico a couple times for vacations and in the past and I just don't even know that I would go again if you can't trust drinking the water in -hmm. the particular area how can you trust them pulling off a a, a medical procedure well there were so many things happening at like clubs and stuff in Cancun to to, like 
chicks were being um, roofied oh, and whatnot. Yeah. Good Lord. I think Mexico is still considered a third world country. Really? Because hmm. it's because uh, of its it's it's underdeveloped. I mean, it's, that's it, but, I mean, their but, own uh, fault. If you're attached to the United States and you're still a third world country, I mean, you're that, doing something wrong. The horror of Mexico is not the people of Mexico. It's the government of Mexico, right. which has been corrupt to a level uh, to which even the people of New Jersey politics say, damn, that's corrupt. <laughs> like, it's just been horror show after horror show after horror show, and there isn't anything done to really uh, fix it. And the United States' policy has has been one of okay well at least let's at least get what we can get of it and uh, hopefully they won't bother us too much. I think people are more and more bothered by Mexico every day, and I only hope that that really it's Mexicans who are bothered by Mexico and do something about it. This new election of of of, of AMLO is it AMLO or is it yeah it's AMLO. Um, I'm not up to date on my Mexican politics. So so Nieto was the president, and uh, he he was. Uh, uh, voted out. AMLO is is the new uh, president now. It, it stands for Andres uh, Manuel Lopez Obrador. He's run uh, before. He is way left, way left of of uh, Nieto. So I don't know what we're gonna get out of this guy, and I don't know if he's gonna be any kind of reformer to the serious amounts of corruption that are going on. But man, I'd love it. I can remember early in my Twitter career, I once said that Mexico was um, uh, was, was uh, a disaster, a cultural disaster. And people yelled at me and screamed at me, how <laughs> dare you say such a thing? And I said, we're t- I thought we were talking politically. Because p- the political culture of Mexico was then a total disaster. And I think this was like seven years ago. Still is a total disaster. A to- why can't we just say that? Total, total disaster. And for all the good of, 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 of the people there and other things, uh, it's, et cetera, that government has never come to, to a valuable fruition. That government has never come to do anything that, that's worthwhile. That government has never really benefited its people, and I think it's okay to say so. All of that said, anybody who goes to Mexico for a nose job is flat out crazed. Yes. Crazy. Crazy. Nuts. Speaking of Mexico. Yeah? A man just walked in in a kilt. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, that screams Mexico. Also, uh, um, also like screams uh, basic white girl. Yes. Mom <laughs> says basic white girl like a girl who notices the kilt. Eat, drink, smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz along with April D. Gregory and Fingers Malloy here. Blend Bar Cigar, Indianapolis Blend Bar Cigar. It's Blend Bar and Cigar. That's That's how it's officially... Called. I never do that right. Uh, BlendBarCigar.com is where you, you go. Four locations all across America to take care of you. And we're on to the smoke portion of what it is that we're doing. We've been, uh, the bourbon has been the Maker's Mark Private Select, which was made exclusively uh, for, for Blend here. So it's, it's, a, it's a little un- unique. You're going to be able to find it at Blend locations, Indianapolis, Nashville, Pittsburgh, and, and uh, was it Houston. Houston is, is the other one. Um, but it's just, it, it only goes to prove that people are trying interesting things. Go out there and try uh, interesting uh, bourbons. The cigar today, though, which you can get in many places, is the Davidoff Millennium. Now, this is, uh, a- a- April took one puff and was like, oh, oh, wait a second. Oh, wait, what just happens? I feel it in my toes. No, this not for the weak hearted. This is not for the weak hearted. Not for the weak hearted. So, so this is a Ecuadorian sun grown wrapper. 
with Dominican uh, and uh, binder and filler. It's a four-year age. This is a full-bodied smoke. This is now that we're doing it as a robusta. Okay, so we're talking about five, five and a half inches here. Um, so you're, you're packing a lot of flavor in. It's going to be a little more intense from the beginning, and then it's going to also, you know, share that full body all, all the way through. Um, it, it's going to smoke a little bit quicker. You don't have to smoke it quicker, but just by size, it's going to smoke a little bit uh, uh, quicker. It, it's uh, the texture is it's, it's a touch oily. Uh, on the wrapper, but it's a very, very strong, simple uh, construction to it. Black cherry notes. It's going to have a lot of uh, earthiness uh, to it. Um, it's going to pair with bourbon. And part of the reason that we're doing it with, with this bourbon is because this bourbon uh, has a lot of um, mocha uh, in it. A lot of uh, some of this. So they, they did the bourbon and then they used these staves, which are basically these, these flavored woods almost from, from other barrels, and added it in for another eight months to allow some flavor profile. And one of them was, uh, was, was, was a mocha, like a French mocha, I believe, uh, to, to add it to it. So that's going to add, you know, not necessarily just chocolatey, but more of those earthy, more of those kinds of um, sweet kind of, kind of notes. But, so this is full-bodied, but this is going to be a little bit of a, almost an earthy, spicy contrast uh, to that. And uh, literally, April was was one puff in and she's like uh where's my where's my mommy please someone <laughs> no. someone get me my mommy it's not at all how it happens well so what do you think are you are you are you in or are no you i'm in this is so good i just you know that first puff was intent it was not expecting it um because it is more full than right. or more full-bodied or stronger or whatever you want to say it's not for the faint of heart but yeah, after but that you, first puff, you're good. Are you noticing the smoke coming off this? I it's mean, a lot I more know, smoky, yeah. I feel like. If you, if you, well, seen her, here, hold on a second. Oh, yeah, just, 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 we'll just watch his fingers blowing. Be, be amazed. It, it, like, that just, that is lovely. It's like a smoke machine. That is, that, uh, yes, yes. No, honestly, honestly, I, I, now everybody can just dance, you know, into Ice Ice Baby, and it looks like it's strobe, but it's not, you know? It's I'm, the only reason smoke machine and strobe lights. I love that look. I, I that lo- is the '80s. That is my childhood, <laughs> right I, there. I love this cigar, but the the thing I'm trying to uh, remove from the equation with this cigar is this is my first ever V cut, right? And it, I I've fallen in love with the V cut. Yeah, it's I I'm a fan. It's it's the intensity of the draw is is really and truly what it is. When you have a V cut, you're 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 bringing the draw in a little bit. You're 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 focusing it much better. Um, and, and you're bringing everything in, and it's just uh, terrific. Some people are saying they're getting static when they're watching on Facebook, which is just the absolute worst. The last thing in the world you want people to have is static there. Hopefully I've, I've saved that. I want to get into the politics, Fingers Malloy. I need to get into the politics because Eric Swalwell is everybody's favorite new progressive tool. And this is, this is world-class tooldom. I mean, this is world-class tooled him on every single level because he is, he's a congressman if, if you didn't know he is a congressman and he uh, is an anti-gun congressman he's just another one of these guys who can't stand the fact that you like the second amendment that you are okay with the second amendment that you want to be a practitioner of the second amendment can't stand it whatsoever and he is committed to taking the guns he's committed to taking the gun from you. This is this is what he wants to do. Well, now he's come out to say so. He has come out to say he that he wants to force gun owners to get rid of assault weapons. The man couldn't define assault weapon if his life 
dependent on it. Literally doesn't know what an assault weapon is. None of if them only do. because uh, we don't know what that is. If, if, if I throw a plate at April right now, it's an assault plate. So I don't know. I'm not That's saying a hate crime. Gonna, it's not a hate crime. And an assault plate. You can't have a hate crime against a basic white girl. <laughs> Haven't you learned anything whatsoever? My gosh. But this is what he wants to do. He wants to take the guns, and he's he's convinced that this is this is the right thing to do, and 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 valuable to do, and and just terrific for America. So he put out a you know the, he's in this article that you know that's uh, NBC has it. Uh, Dem congressmen force gun owners to get rid of, of, of assault weapons, force them to. And his op-ed in the USA Today was ban assault weapons, buy them back, go after resistors. Holy crap, is that not the scariest thing you ever heard? A violent, scary, Stalinist, in, in, certainly un-American, he's going to go after resistors. I thought the resistance was everything. I thought you wanted to be part of the resistance. Oh, oh I, I, am, I have come to learn that that's no, no. not the case. People on Twitter start talking about it. And one guy says to him, his name is Joe Biggs. So basically, uh, Rep Swalwell wants a war because that's what you would get. You're out of your effing mind if you think I'll give up my rights and give the government all the power. Eric Swalwell responds to him on Twitter and says, and it would be a short war, my friend. The government has nukes. (laughs) Too many of them, but they're legit. (laughs) I'm sure if we talked, we could find common ground to protect our families and communities. (laughs) Congressman... You just threatened to drop a nuclear weapon on a guy who wants to keep his 9mm on his hip. And you think that together we can protect families? This is the sickness and the disease that's going on. I'm sorry. This is a disease, the people who think this way and feel this way about, a sec- about the Second Amendment. You think that we are supposed to somehow not worry about government uh, out of control, government run amok, and when somebody brings it up, your answer is, yeah, we've got nukes too. What the? Talk about not keeping people at a calm level. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this thing went to 11. quickly. Yeah, this really got out of hand fast, right? If, tw- if Trump had used that sort of oh my God. rhetoric, it would have been World War Nine on CNN. California is out of their mind. So out are they going to round mind. up certain people and put us in a certain place and then nuke us all? Or are they just going to start dropping nukes all over the country? I don't know. How, how, what's his plan of a nuke know. attack? I, I think it turns out they like um, uh, they, they like uh, uh, John McCain much more than we thought. You know, the whole idea of bomb, 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 bomb Iran, they're taking to a whole new level. Uh, well, they're, they're going to bomb you. They're just thrilled and overjoyed. It's really incredible. It's I, really incredible. I appreciate his honesty. Oh, yeah? To, well, to I had to read it. You, I, I, well, I, to me, he's saying what hardcore leftists actually think. To me, this is if the Daily Coast morphed into a congressman, especially the Daily Coast comments, it would be Congressman uh, Eric uh, No, no, the problem is this is the whole of the party. This is, this is the whole of the leadership. This is what happens when, when the, 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 the Democrats are gone. The progressives are there. And the progressives really believe that they are moral and just and right and pious and decent and good and holy and have something valuable to contribute. They are desperate to have people afraid of guns on every single level. It's the only thing that you could talk about. <laughs> the only thing that you could talk about in all of America where, where people uh, still uh, don't want you to learn anything about it, don't want you to have any good knowledge, don't want you uh, to, to, to know the difference between right and wrong. 
but rather they want you to be afraid, desperately, desperately, desperately afraid. This is what they want. It is out of control how this is happening. And yet it is. So am I, So the first thing's first. Don't you think that the Democratic Party should look at him and say, did you just say you were going to drop nukes? <laughs> You're supposed to keep that part quiet. The Ameri- <laughs> That's our secret plan. Was, don't give out the secret don't plan. Don't tell them yet. You got to wait till we have all branches of government. <laughs> but 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 you know you bring up a good point, and especially when it comes to media bias, Tony. I, if if this were a Republican going off on and saying crazy things, the media would be going to every uh, prominent Republican on Capitol Hill and and asking whether they agree with the the sentiment of the comments that were made by one of their colleagues. And this is just kind of left out there in in the the Twitterverse for people to 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 soak in, and uh, and it just will go away, and it's not held against. The, the the mainstream Democratic Party and Democratic leadership that they have some fringe lunatic out there saying, hey, you know, dropping nukes on uh, people in Oklahoma that don't want to give up their their uh, their uh, their guns, eh, eh, you know, that's fine. It's crazy. Well, I like the uh, the person that commented, the government can't even round up uh, the illegal immigrants. How are they going to round up all these guns? How well, are they that's find the all these gun owners for who are not giving up their right? guns. So the, so the conversation for forever has been, how are they going to do this? And I know people like Charles Cook over at National Review have gone down this road and said, okay, let's talk about how you're going to get this done. You want to go get the guns? Go get them. Tell me how you're going to do it. Because that's the answer. If they want to model everything off of Australia, they can. But Australia, what, got 10% of the guns? When they had their, their, their mandatory give back or whatever, they didn't get them all. And you're not going to get them all. And you're sure as hell not going to get them from criminals and from cartels and from others. That's not going to happen. And you're not going to get them from a tremendous amount of the citizenry. So now you have to ask yourself the next question. And this is a question for Congressman uh, Swalwell, who doesn't know how to answer these questions because he has never thought. I want to make sure I'm clear on the subject. Congressman Swalwell has never once thought about the issue. He has talked about what he'd like to see, but he has never thought it through. He lacks the capacity to take the time to figure out what it is he actually said and what it means. To take the guns house to house, you have to bring police with you or military with you who have to agree to the idea that they should enter your home, violate the Fourth Amendment, never mind the Second Amendment, and come into your home and search every single drawer in the house for the guns. Now, he also hasn't answered the question of whether or not your daughter is taking a shower at the time. He hasn't answered the question of whether or not your daughter's taking a shower and he should still be able to search the bathroom. Should he be able to search every drawer? Should he be able to search behind the, the shampoo bottle? If your wife is sleeping, should he be able to search her? He hasn't answered these questions, and I demand answers to these questions. And if you think somehow I'm being hyperbolic, bitch, you haven't thought about this at all for a second. If we're saying that the government can do these things, these are the things they're going to do. These are the violations they are going to engage in. And it gets worse from here. We talked about this last week. I brought this up, a conversation that my my father has had with me many, many times. They will get to the place where if you don't give up the gun... They will take your children from you, and the only way you will get your children back is to is to give, give, give them your guns. And people are like, oh, Tony, come on. Oh, Tony, that's ridiculous. Well, I've got a congressman who's willing to drop nukes on you. 
<laughs> right? He's willing to drop nukes on you. He's shown you exactly how serious he is in going after the guns. So exactly how far of a step is it from them leveraging pressure upon us, all of us, uh, to be able to get these firearms? And my answer is there, there, there are no steps. They are there, and they are going to prove it. They're going to enter your house, whether you're ready for it or not, just like Mueller did to Paul Manafort. Listen, you can say what you want about Paul Manafort. It was frickin' 4, 35 o'clock in the morning, and they walk in with all these guns. He's Paul Manafort. If he punched you, he'd fall down from exhaustion. <laughs> what the hell is that? But they're going to walk in while your kids are in the shower. They're going to walk in while your wife is sleeping. They're going to check everything. You will have no privacy. Is he prepared for that to tell these people on the left that there are no privacy rights in America? Never mind the people on the right or our people on the progressive left. Like, yeah, as long as it hurts those those conservatives, you know, screw it. That's where it is that, right there. You re- Is that really where it's That's at? That's where it's at. Do well, they know that? And the thing that they never examine either, and people on the right don't think this way uh, sometimes as well, is, well, okay, uh, since it's harming my political uh, quote-unquote enemy, that's fine. Well, if you give the government that kind of power when your friends are in power, that same political power can be used against you for different way, in different they ways as well. They never see They never see that. They never get to that place, man. It's unbelievable. Don't they know when the pendulum swings it'll be them? The craziest part about elitists... The craziest part about elitists is that they don't understand. And uh, I did the book. I did the. I read the audio book for Kurt Schlichter, Militant Normals, which is available at Amazon.com or wherever wherever fine books are sold. And you should get the audio book because it's really incredible. I did. I did great work there. It's it's totally worth the buy. One of the things he discusses, and something that we that many of us have discussed in in groups and over cigars, things like that. The elitists are fine until they get the job done. Let's say they're able to cull the herd. Let's say they're <laughs> able to do all the elite things, and they've subjugated you, me, and we. Right? Let's say they've done that. Now, what do they do? They're elitists. And if they're elitists, what they have to do is continue to be elitists so they find another subject, which takes the elitists and now breaks them down into two categories. The real elitists... And the people they subjugate, because the only way to be an elitist is to have someone to subjugate. That, that's, that's it. That's the whole thing. So the elitist thinks they're safe because they're part of this group of people who believes the right things, say the right things, is enlightened, all this kind of crap. And then they realize, holy cow, now they're after me. And then that group will subgroup and subgroup and subgroup. That's how it has to happen. How else could it happen? They've never. This is why I say Swalwell's not bright. He has never once thought this through. He lacks the the intellectual capacity to take this all the way down the line. And they it's have unbelievable. And they have a lack of understanding um, about people who are very passionate about the Second Amendment. Many of whom are former combat veterans who are willing to die for their Second Amendment rights. This this yeah, could yeah. be a, a huge mess. And oh, on you're, top not, of- you're not wrong there. When you say die, we're willing to die. They're willing to die. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Right. So it's going to be problematic to ask these people who are in the military to do this. Oh, to, a lot if you're of you're going to have the military come into your house and sir, they're not going to want. They're, they're not going to no. do it. They're going to say no. That's what that whole isn't that what the whole promise keepers thing is about? Right, where the promise keepers are like, you know, our oath is to the Constitution, not to Eric Swalwell. You know, we we don't care what he wants. We care what the Constitution says. And it says the right to keep and bear arms, which means on your person, on your hip. That's exactly what it means. It's why I oppose, for example, 
gun storage laws. And right here in our Indianapolis, uh, this is being considered in, for, the, for the state, I should say, in Indiana. Um, they're considering gun storage laws. And it's this toothless mess of nonsense, really, truly, when you look at it. But it, what, it, what it really is, is it, it's, it's starting you down the line of you need to have your gun locked up. Oh, sure, you can have a gun, but not when you actually need it. Right. You can't have a gun when it's important to have a gun. Right. And me, I won't pay any attention to that. I'm going to sleep with my firearm next to me, so if something goes wrong, I've got it for my family. I'm not going to have it under lock and key and say, hey, no, hey, you, invader, wait two minutes. Time out. Uh, maybe three, <laughs> maybe four. I sometimes forget the combination, and, you know, it's temperamental. Good Lord. My hand's shaking, and I can't get the lock. Right? Open. Hold on. <laughs> no, These yeah, that's... not thought out anything. And it, yeah, it's just going to be like one step at a time. First, they're going to make us lock them up, and, and they're going to do what they can. You know, they're not going to drop the nukes on us tomorrow. They're going to try and, and do other things first. And but then... I at least appreciate the fact that he admits he wants us dead. But how much of this is really? Uh, how much of it really needs to be thought out? Um, I mean, I mean, because well, let's face it, uh, these guys. So much of this is about raising your political profile and raising money. I right, because he's really, considering 2020. Right. This isn't this isn't uh, a serious policy discussion. This is uh, I want to become a rising star within the Democratic Party, and hopefully, uh, you know, maybe raise a couple bucks for my campaign as well. You think? <sighs> oh, it's all about money, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, right, because it, it is. Right. I mean, of, of course, it is. They can't take our guns away because they need to keep raising money on threatening taking our guns away. Well. <laughs> But it, it, so, so here's the, 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 the best part. The best part is that after he, he puts this out there on Twitter and gets into these uh, fights, um, he then uh, writes a tweet. America's gun debate in one thread. One, I propose a buyback of assault weapons. Two, gun owners say he'll go to war with U.S. if that happens. Three, I sarcastically point out USA isn't losing to his assault weapon. It's not the 18th century. Four, I'm called a tyrant. Five, zero progress. <laughs> you offered up a nonsense point and you think there's going to be progress? Here's, here's the answer. My goodness, California, how stupid are you? And I hate to use the word because I think it shuts down conversation that you vote for a guy like this. You know, Orange County used to be a Republican stronghold. There's not a single Republican congressman mm -hmm. from, Orange, from Orange County now in California. It's, it's, it's all blue. It's all blue. We, and we it's not just blue. Not. They're like progressives, too. They like should the, not you know, lose sight of the fact that Democrats had a very, very good election. The problem is mm -hmm. the progressives had a very, very good election. Right. And it's bad news for the rest of us. It is absolutely awful, horrible, terrible news uh, for a society that just wants to be left alone. So we're going to now see these socialists in Congress. Mm -hmm. We're going to watch them fight the Democratic Party to be even further left and, 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 and socialist. We're going to see them fail. My, my fear is, though, is that other people be like, you know, no, we should try some of these things. No, government should do this. No, no, no. The, the Constitution is keeping us from our potential. Like that kind of craziness. The Second Amendment allows me my potential. It does. Of course it does. It allows me the opportunity to protect and defend myself. And it's the first time in history that someone wrote down, you should have that right. That we are, we are a, a nation of laws, not a, a nation of men, right? The rule of law, not the rule of man. Well, that is to ensure that th that law, that Second Amendment, is to ensure that if someone tries the rule of man, you are covered and protected. And the answer is they have nukes. 
What is that? What is Why can't we have a conversation? How does that even work? That they have nukes, they have tanks. So what? That's not how this works. That's not how military guys will tell you. How are you going to handle what are there? Three hundred million people and three hundred thirty million people and there are three hundred million guns. How are you going to handle all of those people who are willing to go bang? To well, protect themselves. And, and that's why you've, you've heard, uh, you know, reports that foreign governments have said that it's impossible to do any kind of invasion into the, the mainland of the United well, States of America. Japan <laughs> in, in World War II, there, uh, there's a, there'll be an American with a gun behind every blade of grass. Yeah. Which is exactly what it is uh, that they thought. But just how do you engage the military in that way? This is the other part of the problems we've been discussing. They think the military is their tool that is going to act blindly. Half those guys are going to walk away. Or no, they're not even going to walk away. They're simply going to turn around and say, nah, you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yep. They had, think of the, the insanity of his position. It's the most violent thing I have ever heard in my life, ever. But, but, it is the most violent thing. But Trump is new Hitler. But Trump is new Hitler. By the way, uh, a quick update onto the Trump is Hitler meme. In Baltimore, the Hippodrome Theater, there was a production of Fiddler on the Roof. And an intermission at Fiddler on the Roof, this guy from the balcony starts screaming, uh, Heil Hitler, Heil Trump. And he's given the Nazi salute, which I think it was the AP or Reuters wrote it as a pro-Trump salute, which makes them just the scummiest people on planet Earth, right? That When we talk fake news and media being the enemy of the people, that's there it is. There it is as clear as, as day for you. Turns out this guy wasn't a Trump supporter. He was a Trump hater, massive liberal. He was trying to equate how what, what we're doing to America. And he was interviewed crying about how sorry he was that it was, was. taken uh, the, the, the wrong way. But everybody's going to assume it was a Trump supporter. Everyone's going to assume that Trump has turned us all into a bunch of Nazis. Right. It's, it's because the correction doesn't come out until the next day. Right. The false claim comes out, and then, oh, a day well, later, oh, he wasn't. Insp- uh, yeah. Ten people see the correction. That's right. Forty-five million see the original. Yeah. He was a Trump supporter. The original. Uh, and that's fine. That's the, their plan. The original story's on page one. The correction's on page A36. Correct. Which is always why it's never about the crime. It's about the charge. The charge is what matters. The charge is what gets people going and what gets reported. No one even pays attention to what the crime is or what it gets pleaded down to. They lose interest after they're able to tag you in that way. And the objective is to tag you in that way. Now, we're about a third of the way through the cigar. And uh, April D. Gregory, this is the Davidoff uh, Millennium Robusto. Uh, so we're talking about a, a Dominican or an Ecuadorian sun-grown with Dominican binder and filler. The Ecuadorian sun-grown is the wrapper. What do you think? Where are you on this? This is amazing. This is probably my favorite cigar that we've done. It is has so much flavor. It, it is so good. I, I don't even know how to describe it. And I'm it, sorry. So I am usually not a sun-grown guy. There's nothing harsh going on here. The spice is there, but it is not overpowering. It is right. flavorful. It is. And... Uh, I, I am a, a Nicaragua guy. I am Esteli. I like the earths. I like the dirts. I like the leathers. I like the creams. I, I always do. Um, maybe my palate's just growing. Maybe maybe I'm I'm building I'm building a better palate after all these years because this is this is working wonderfully. And may I say, fingers Malloy, that April D. Gregory just finished her I uh, just her finished Maker's Mark private nice. bourbon again. I've been done for twenty minutes. Uh, Tony, Tony we, done. we do have a cigar question from iTunes. If you don't mind fielding it, I am totally uh, down with that. Uh, one of the people who left a, a five star review, and we want to thank everyone out there for leaving nice. reviews, uh, especially a five star review. This is from Joe. Joey1519, 
Great. Joey, one five one nine. Great format, laughable banter. Can't wait to see where the show goes. Have a cigar. Do you have a cigar suggestion for a novice to enjoy while out on the lake? Ooh. Oh, well, it would depend on what you're doing on the lake. But whenever I hear novice, I always go to Brick House. I always, always, because it's $6, $7 a stick, no matter, almost no matter where, where you go. And you can get the Brick House or you can get the Brick House Maduro. And you don't care if you lose it to the wind, because right, so you're on the lake, so there could be a weather issue. You don't care if you're, like, if you're a, a golf wave. course cigar. What, big wave. What <laughs> lake are you on? Um, you know? You know, it's the Edmund Fitzgerald with you. <laughs> too far, Tony. Overboard. Oh, that's too, too far. Too, too soon? <laughs> too soon? Okay. All right. The rest of you might want to go to the Bing Box and look that up. Um, so I, I always go to, uh, to the Brick House as a way to get started. But from what we've done here, I would go with the Avo Lounge. That's what I, I was would, thinking, too. I would start there. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a nice, uh, easygoing cigar, uh, without a doubt, but still with flavor. Um, and so I would, I would definitely do that. For example, we've uh, done the Ivy here. I wouldn't. I the Ivy is probably a lower cost cigar, but I wouldn't do it. It didn't mm-hmm. have the flavor profile. Didn't hold up. I really like the Davidoff Escurio. Also, I would say that one also. But that's going to be more money for uh, on the stick. And I'm oh, just okay. thinking about how that kind of plays to a novice wants okay. to feel that they're not. I bought a $25 cigar. What do I... No. You right. don't have, you no don't have to start there. And you don't even need $25 cigars. Although, I mean, we review probably some more expensive cigars. Uh, you don't have to. So I would go with the Brick House. If you want to step it up, I would go to the Oliva, O-L-I-V-A, Siri. And it's not Siri's. It's Siri, S-E-R-I-E. The Siri V. There's an O, there's a G, and there is a V. I am a fan of the V. It has been Cigar Aficionado's, uh, one of their top choices, ranked in the upper... In, in, the, in, the, in the low 90s, I should say. Um, there on Cigar Aficionado, and you, you can't go wrong. You, you will never, ever go wrong. You'll sometimes see it as the Milanio. That is a step up. It's a terrific cigar. Uh, but the Oliva Serie V, um, maybe in the 8 $9 range, maybe sometimes 11 bucks. But that's a great one, too. But I always go Brickhouse. I would do the Avo Lounge, mm-hmm. April. I, I agree with you there. It's a good one. And, and I would do the Oliva uh, Serie V. And by the way, if those were in your um, humidor, as you know, you'll you'll never go wrong if that's the bundle you're taking to a bachelor party, or if that's the bundle you're taking to a, uh, an, an an event where you know a group of people are going to have a cigar. Cost wise, you're okay, and you you just won't you you won't go wrong at all. Yeah, I hope I hope I answered uh, the the question right there. Now, while you're we're talking about iTunes, make sure you go and subscribe. You have to subscribe on iTunes. That's what you have to do. Uh, you go so you go to Eat Drink Smoke on iTunes. It's also on Stitcher, by the way. Can you review right. on Stitcher? Yes. Uh, okay, so so leave a review there as well. But go, iTunes is where it really. I mean, it's just where it's at. I'm sorry, guys. It it, it is what it is. Uh, and five stars. Then leave a review talking about how 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 wonderful. Uh, we are, and uh, and how much you love the podcast, and then subscribe. Uh, these are the things that you do. Just that easy and simple. Uh, before we go, Thanksgiving around the corner. People often ask the question, what is the one thing that should be on a Thanksgiving plate? I ask, what is the one thing that should be off a Thanksgiving plate? What is the one thing that Thanksgiving offers where you're like, this is derm. We should not have this whatsoever. April date. That can of cranberry jelly crap that it comes out in the with the rings. The rings <laughs> still on it. Ugh. You're not a fan of cranberry sauce? No. Do you I've, ever go to Ikea and get the meatballs with the lingonberry sauce? Yes, that's good. Oh, that you're okay with? Yeah, I'm okay with that. 
I prefer to make my own homemade cranberry salad with the apples, the cranberries, and the marshmallows. So you're not anti-cranberry. You're just anti-gelatinous. Right. Exactly. I prefer to make the more expensive cranberry salad, homemade, you know, kick, right. up, kick up my uh, bottom line for Thanksgiving. Okay. $75. Ooh. $75. <laughs> yeah. I don't do the $50 Thanksgiving. Oh, you, oh, you did $75 uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. You stepped it up. She's yeah. fancy. Look at you. Fingers more. What is the thing you would take off the Thanksgiving well, table? Well, I, I guess we'll eliminate flavored whiskey. In this situation, uh, but for me, the the thing that I can't stand that seems to be very popular on a Thanksgiving day table is green bean casserole. Oh my god, it is so awful. I mean, the, the cream you, of maybe have only you had it once. encountered this in Indiana? It's like the most popular thing in Indiana. Well, I think in the Midwest, every gathering me? of people. I'm just asking if you have encountered yeah, this right. as I'm you've the most been popular here. Thing in the Midwest. Oh my god! Of course <laughs> you are. Why? Tony Katz. Anyway, the cranberry, the, uh, the green bean casserole is a huge, huge thing in the Midwest, as long, along with corn casserole. Uh, yeah, because I, 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 first what, of the all. the green bean casserole? Yeah, the green bean. I maybe have only had it once. It's got like the fried onions on top. Yeah. And it's got cream of mushroom cream soup. Of mushroom. Who, who buys cream of mushroom soup for anything other than green bean casserole? Nothing. You sit back on a, a winter's night and say, you know what sounds good right now? It's stick to the ribs. Uh, cream of mushroom soup. That would be fantastic. Mixed with no. some green beans. Oh, with some green mm. beans and some, <laughs> some dehydrated onions. That's this, great. That's what you make when you're just trying to have a $20 Thanksgiving meal. Green beans <laughs> and cream of mushroom. Uh, and the, the correct answer, of course, is the turkey. Turkey is ridiculous. <laughs> Don't make it. Eat steak. What the hell's wrong with you people? Just do what you're told. It's just You are easy. definitely not having a $50 Thanksgiving. Oh, no. We have <laughs> eggplant parm on my <gasps> Thanksgiving table. Ooh. Yeah. Wife is Italian. And Yum. we started doing it from like the very early days. And it's... It's unbelievable because because if you mix the turkey, if you take the turkey and then you, you like you put it in the fork with the eggplant parm, then it, then it's good. Ooh. Then it's solid. Well, do you grill the steak outside or do you cook it inside? Well, you could do it as a, as a steak like you would grill, or you could do it as let's say like a roast. Like you, uh, uh, I am a fan of top round, and uh, this came from a place when you know we we were just starting to build the radio shows, and 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 we were looking for jobs everywhere, and we didn't have anything. We had had no money. No money. You know, I lost. I, I had lost it all in the downturn. Lost the house. Couldn't pay a bill. It was absolute disaster. And then started getting into radio and didn't make any money. And was slowly building something. It took years. I mean, it took years to get to to get to this place. So we would find we couldn't we couldn't afford steak anymore. I, I love steak. Could not afford it at all. But every now and then there would be a deal on top rounds. So it's it's not the greatest cut of meat, but not bad at all. If it's a bottom round, you have to slow cook it, right? That's a pot roast kind of thing yeah. going on. And you can do great things with that if you season it well. But a top round, you take a 500-degree oven. You give the top round. You need a fat cap. Oh. A fat what? A fat, fat cap. cap. So some people want to trim the fat off of oh. the meat. Oh, no, don't do that. Insanely daft and ignorant do that. and lost. You and might as well just put ketchup on. Did. Holy cow, I actually you put, are judgmental. I actually put ketchup on my fat cap when I eat it. Right. <laughs> so it has to have it on there. You do a, 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 a salt crust, you know what I mean? Kosher mm-hmm. salts, pepper, things like that, all the way around. Sear it. Uh, cast iron skillet. Sear it all the way around. Then put it in that 500-degree oven with the fat cap on top so it drips through mm. the entire thing. Once you have it in the oven, down to 475, seven minutes a pound. So if it's a three-pound thing, so it's 21 minutes. Then, after the 21 minutes, turn off the oven. Two and a half hours, just leave it in there. Oh, oh really? Medium rare, perfect. Perfect. That sounds perfect, amazing. Perfect, ridiculous, wonderful. 
Uh, and and extremely affordable, and it will last for days. So now you that you're I the mean? most popular person in the Midwest, and you can afford the fancy steaks for Thanksgiving, it. you still do the I top round. I still do it because uh, because it, it it really is excellent. It really is very good. You can do it with an English roast as well, which is just come. I think that's more on the shoulder is is where that's from. Uh, so you could do it that way as well. So it's it's kind of a takeoff on the low and slow concept. It's that you just start with high heat. My mother has always been a very high heat focused person. Mm. Um, go quick and then just leave it be, and it'll, and I'll keep cooking through. Uh, and it and it works and it works tremendously well. See, this, I've always been impressed. There's there so many guys out there that just want to either cook steaks on you know fire or on a grill, and there are really a lot of great ways to cook indoors. I'll tell you something. I made some pulled pork last night that was incredible, and I, I made it in an instant pot. And I, I'm not ashamed to. Admit I have it. never done instant pot. Oh, People it's fantastic. are obsessed. Fantastic, most tender pork I've ever had. I but you are right, and the amount of. Very cool recipes for a steak that you can do on a cast iron. If you don't own a cast iron skillet, you just gotta go out and you buy one. You have to have one. You gotta, and then you just you gotta work on it. It's not gonna taste as good the first time as it does the twentieth time. Gotta you gotta it season out. the thing mm-hmm. a, a little bit, and you yeah. gotta take care of the thing a little bit. But it, you can, you can get uh, a, a, the, you can get it seared. You can get it locked in. And the key to all steak is that you gotta let it rest. If people will grill the steak, take it off, and immediately start cutting, and then that that the juice, the flavor runs out. You gotta let it rest and let it kind of come back in itself. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes. Just let it rest and then yeah, well, my dad undercook it a little bit so that way when it rests it gets a little bit more cooked. My dad is obsessed with hot food. It has to be hot. So he takes it off the grill the second he thinks it's done and then he wants to start eating it right away. And I, I try to tell him, no, you gotta let it rest, but mm-hmm. no. It has to be hot. It has to be hot. And what way it does have to be hot, but so but what April's talking foil. about cover it with a foil. But on then the plate. it'll keep cooking that way, so I I cover it loosely with foil, uh-huh. but you can undercook it, let it rest, and then bring it back up to temperature, and then serve it. That's that's a, a very solid way uh, to do it. But it, uh, it's true. If you give it the rest, you will it will you will have a very very large difference in in what the the, the steak is. And with that, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. See see what happens. No see what pressure, happens? but right actual pressure. Fingers Malloy, find him on Facebook, Fingers Malloy Radio, right there. April D. Gregory on Twitter, social media maven, April D. Gregory. And of course, Tony Katz Radio on Facebook, Tony Katz on Twitter, Tony Katz on Instagram, TonyKatz.com for all things that we do and subscribe to the podcast. Have a very happy Thanksgiving. Eat, drink, smoke. <laughs>